Sneak attack number Sneak. two. Laura Palmer is dead. dead. A Twin Peaks podcast. <laughs> We're talking about 220 The Path to the Black Lodge and 221 Miss Twin Peaks. <laughs> and I don't know if you can hear it, listeners. I got a little cold. I'm a little crabby. And I got a lot of rage about Miss Twin Peaks. No. But first... I want to start at the very beginning of episode 220. Okay, good, good. We'll start... And right. Very as, good place as to start. As was we'll established last, ep- last episode of our podcast, I wasn't paying too much attention to the last couple episodes. What was no. up with the ferret? The picture of the ferret's oh. head. Oh, save the pine weasel. Oh, save yeah. the pine weasel. Hello, um, pilgrim. <laughs> the so little save, pine weasel. Stop Ghostwood... Is a reference to stopping the Ghostwood the development. Ghostwood right. development because golf it's, course that Catherine wants to build. It's threatening the pine weasel's now habitat. I remember that. Yeah. So that's why Ben has that pine weasel button. Those would be great buttons to get for our party. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. Stop. That's a very good good. Hello, Pil. I love when that was a past episode, but I love when Dick Tremaine says that, and then the hello pilgrim, and then bites his nose. And it's so obvious that it's not really next to his face. He's just kind of like so great. And then it bites. His I actually nose. would love to see an interview of that actor. I've never seen one who plays Dick Tremaine because I feel like he'd be enchanting. And speaking of enchanting, um, we have a guest spot in the beginning of episode two twenty from a an actor that Melissa you recognized. From Sex and the City. Oh, yeah. Um, as, uh, no, Rusty Rusty's is the name of the friends. guy. The, Rusty's friend, the roadie. <clears throat> Rusty is the guy who's the pawn who Rusty's gets killed. Rusty's the metal guy yeah. that we referred to last yeah. episode. Yeah. And he tells us a story about Rusty and how they were some guy, their band was on the road to Knife River, and Windham Earl came by. Test Everybody's doing things. What's going on? <laughs> it was bothering me. That's all I care about. I just unplugged the refrigerator because it was loud. But the important plot <laughs> point in this scene... Remind me, to plug it back in or all our food will be And then Pat starts like just doing no. bad things. Um, the important thing is in this scene that we get is that Wyndham Earl has taken a pawn, but he didn't tell his move. So now he's just going rogue and just killing people willy-nilly. And the, yeah, there's that symbolic, that seems symbolic when like he knocked pieces off the chessboard. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, well, you said something or somebody did. He's like, playing yeah. off the board as yeah, Cooper says. The chess metaphors are done with pretty much. Mm-hmm. Which is why if the chess metaphors are done, why do you take the time to elaborately make a paper mache pawn? If anyone here has done paper mache, you know it's time consuming <laughs> and very arduous. But whatever. Um, then we find out that Lucy is going to choose the father of her child at the Miss Twin Peaks contest, <laughs> which she has also entered. Do they Everyone's... ever mention the blood test again? Because they were going to figure out what the blood test. No. no. Well, she, they have to wait till it's the born. child is born. Okay. She's but like, she's decided. Yeah, she's... I think what's happening very clearly is that Lucy's like, um, <laughs> yeah. I want Andy to be the father. <laughs> Right. So I'm gonna say I'll choose the father, <laughs> yeah. and she's played this whole thing very well. I must say. Right. We get a. Serious... She even had Dick, like Playboy Dick Tremaine, like wanting to be the dad for a while. Yeah, and he now was he's like wanting until to be not so into until it. Until the kid they... was like the devil that he mentioned. Yeah, they, <laughs> right. They took him, little Nicky, found out he isn't the devil, yeah. and then no longer, still no longer yeah. was his like, big brother. Well, the scare was enough. <laughs> yeah. 
we get some scenes of <laughs> the Great Northern with um, Jack and Audrey, or Jack looking for Audrey. I think it's desperate. But and crazy. also, um, Doc <laughs> is giving Ben his physical and talking about something mysterious. You know, Doc is saying, you know, I know you're trying to do the good, the right thing, but you don't know how to be good. There's all this insinuation to like this mystery with Ben and the Haywards, and we don't know quite what that means. And Doc Hayward says, Ben, I want you to stay away from Eileen, my wife, who we know he's been giving flowers to and all this. I do think it's funny that then Jack runs in with Ben and Doc and says to Doc Hayward, I just met your daughter. She's a lovely girl. Right, right. She looks kind of like Audrey. Right. It's really funny. She's real tall and you're kind of (laughs) short. <laughs> um, yeah, and like, yeah, I noticed like the actress uh, Laura Flynn Moyle. Um, she actually does like, I mean, she has a long, narrow face. Mm-hmm. So does Ben Horn, which Doc Hayward does not. So that right. would have been, if that was intentionally cast, that was well done. Yeah, uh, yeah. Audrey I mean, does not even. Love Audrey doesn't, and it's kind of funny because Audrey and Donna have the same coloring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Audrey's yeah. short and Ben is tall. But then. Uh, Mama Hayworth has the same coloring too. Right, which is strange. Or they're building it up as they're trying to reveal this. I don't know if like I feel like that's Donna's I... gotten brighter blue eyes because her hair's gotten a little bit darker. Right. But then like all of the ladies have gotten dark hair this season, so I don't know if that's because Shelly has too. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that I'm going to say knowing David Lynch, they didn't plan from the beginning and it's kind of a gift. But looking back, knowing what I kind of know and seeing that first scene between Donna and Audrey in the bathroom, Mm -hmm. I remember seeing it and being like, oh, holy shit, they do look alike. I mean, they do have like similar coloring. They've got the pale skin, the blue eyes, the dark black hair. They kind of have like a similar way about them. They have this sort of connection where every scene we've seen them together, they just randomly like each other and get along. Right. But what is interesting is we don't know what Eileen Hayward's relationship is to Audrey, so I don't know what that is. We do know, we find out that Donna finds a birth certificate with no father's name, and she finds pictures of her dad and her, well, Doc Hayward, and Ben and her mom. And so, Ben has a mustache and everything. Right. Sure. Do you have your phone on you? Yeah. So they're like all buds. Google. I need to Google some stuff. So I don't know. I have a lot of questions about whether or not. um, What do you want to Google? I need to Google if when you're adopted, your name, the name changes on the birth certificate. I feel like it does. I don't know. Because I feel like I've watched a lot of Teen Mom (laughs) and I've watched a lot of television. And in those things, they kind of mentioned that, like, you can, ch- once someone's adopted, they can either change the name of the, like, the original birth certificate. When a child is adopted, a along with finalization papers, an amended birth certificate is issued, which oh, can interesting. show, and all the information, blah, 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 blah. So maybe so the amended. The original birth right. And they keep, it makes sense, then, that they keep the original birth certificate, like, up in the attic with right. these pictures, and as Donna says later, horn bear bonds like out of sight Mm -hmm. so all she sees is like the amended birth certificate right um but in the meantime we're getting ahead of ourselves sorry um but interesting melissa you got that way way early 
But I, I do mean, think they heavy-handedly give it to us. Yeah, yeah, they do. Where they're like, "What's going on?" Right. And then she's like, "I don't know." Yeah. He. I mean, sister, like, what's going on with our parents? She's and Audrey's like, just, you know, like Audrey's like, I'm trying to run a business. Yeah, she's like, I got a lot now. of shit going on. It does, it I does don't care draw. If you're my sister, <laughs> right? It does show you how, like, Audrey's become like an adult, and Donna's like a child. Donna's still like going to high school and worrying about like who's my daddy, and Audrey's like going out to Seattle for breakfast confabs and oh. losing my daddy her tried to have sex. My daddy tried <laughs> on a jet. Right, so should like, we unpack that scene? Um, my daddy tried uh, to have sex with me. Yeah, what's you your know, problem? Really <laughs> upset that they don't bring that like. It's not like in the back of mind, like, hey, Dad, remember when you tried to do me? Okay, but if it was you, would you ever bring that up again, ever again in your life? No, I think it would be something that I would constantly hold over someone's head. But we forgot a lot of things about myself in watching Twin Peaks. Like, I am not a romantic. Oh, my God, (laughs) so much not a romantic. I was, like, eyeing all... Okay, so the scene with... Audrey finally, like, there's tons of back and forth that doesn't matter, but, like, Audrey finally does. She hitches a ride with Pete to the airport and finds Jack. He's about to take off. She doesn't hitch a ride. She demands a ride. (laughs) She says, you. Yeah. You over there. You got a car? Yeah, you got I got a truck. (laughs) You ride. I love Pete. You do such a good Pete impression. It's amazing. Yeah, and I love that because... Audrey knows how to get what she wants, and she's like, here's an old man who would think I was hot. <laughs> you know, like... Pete's a cock enabler. He's yeah. A- <laughs> yeah. What we said was what yep. watching. Because, uh, yeah, even though she she never asked him to wait, he just does. He does. Then- wait, but my favorite line is when she, they, she runs up to him and says, I love you, and then goes... I'm a virgin. <laughs> and then goes, I want you to make love with me. Just adding to Audrey's, like, despite all her business savvy and intelligence, she's still not worldly and amazing, astonishing that she's a virgin at this point in this world of Twin Peaks. Like, I'm, she's the last virgin in this story. Name point. one other virgin in this story. Do we know if Donna had sex with James? Yes. She did. When? In that scene where she's like, I could sing about last night. Oh, great. I mean, I'm pretty sure that they did. James has sex with everyone else, so. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not 100%, but I would I would give it like an 85% chance <laughs> that they did. Fine. Right before he leaves, like a jerk. Fine. But Audrey, despite being the quote-unquote sexy one, has not actually had sex, which I think is very True. interesting and shows how we put stereotypes on people Without actually knowing. Well, and it explains how she's always, like, playing with fire, like, sexually. She's always, right. like, flaunting it around, but then, like, you know, gets kind of scared when yeah. the... She's a jinx. When yeah. yeah, when it Huge comes jinx. down to it. So then when Jack actually leaves, it's the cutest scene, because Pete has fallen asleep in his truck waiting for Audrey to be <laughs> done doing it. <laughs> yeah. And comes around, and she's really sad... And he says that he'll and like, take her... And a lot of, like, it was, like, totally light out when they went into play. It's totally dark out when she comes out. Yeah, <laughs> I did notice that. I'm like, oh, it must be a first time because yeah. that took a long time. <laughs> like, wow. Cheers. <laughs> no offense, Pat. Um, 
<laughs> that's why you can't do that with couples. You can't say it. a podcast with couples. You can't say I mean, things like that. That's why some of us remain <laughs> silent and just let the moment. Pat and I <laughs> make sweet, sweet love for twenty-four hours a day. <laughs> um, anywho's, he's not a Right, exactly. Well, so, yeah, because he's super old, but we don't know how old. Are you, are you, are you implying that she's so inept that that's why it took so long? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, yeah, we're going to move past that. No, I want to unpack this <laughs> lots one. Of, lots of cold medication. Um, and then Pete. No, I just thought it was, he was trying to be romantic. So it was Maybe like, they like cuddled oh. and slept for a little and <laughs> talked about their feelings. A lot could have been happening besides just sex. To me, it's. Foreplay, <laughs> after play, during. Um, but this isn't, that's not the subject of this podcast, you guys. We've got a lot to cover. Let's get on track, gang. Um, but Pete does wait for her and he tries to comfort her and says, like, he promised us. He even says he promised us. <laughs> yeah. Like, Pete's oh, in love with him. He's definitely very invested in this relationship. <laughs> I don't yeah. think he even saw who Billy Zane was at and any he's like, point. He promised why us. Is he, why is he even in the Great Northern? He's there's got, no yeah. pro- there's no reason for it. Well, he's talking oh, he's, to the wood. He's talking to the wood. Right. <laughs> That's Josie's yeah. trapped in. Josie now Which inhabits. I really hope yeah. is brought up the next episode because since it's the last episode for the next one. You know, you can't, we can't keep bringing up theories in front of these two. I know. We I know. do. We've done a really good job of not sharing too much. Well, because he is a subtle spoiler giver. Oh, oh yeah. He'll be back one day he promised. <laughs> and then they go fishing. So or Kelly, who tried oh, yeah. to stop it before he, and I was he like, does the We haven't sports. talked about that yet, Pat. <laughs> um, yeah, because you mentioned the sorcerers the last podcast, and lo and behold, they talk about it this episode. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, they talk about it prior to this episode. I mean, no, I didn't consider yes, this. That do. wasn't a spoiler. That was okay, like, so you sort of saw like the magic angle. So, what yeah. we're talking about is the Doug Puzz, which is as Winda Merle, who that's I like DGPA. DGPA. Windham Earl or the exposition machine, page. as I like to call him, because <laughs> Jesus Christ is he explaining. I mean, he just explains everything to death. Which someone I think you brought up like is like that's why they have Leo um mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Me like too. mentally damaged yeah. Leo is like there so that Windham Earl has an excuse to like just explain talk, everything, yeah. into lay out the exposition. Because talking to yourself would talk. really be crazy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he, so he talks about the Doug Puzz are evil sorcerers that cultivate darkness for darkness' sake. So what Pat was kind of getting at, <laughs> subtle spoilers, last <laughs> podcast is that likely Bob is a Doug Puzz, um, like uh, one of these evil spirits that cultivates his energy for evil's sake. And we do find out in Miss Twin Peaks, episode 221, that the, the Black Lodge and the White Lodge, that they open from fear and love. So we right. know that like you can draw this evil from fear. And Wyndham Earl brings up the Cali worshippers, which are... The, right. The, they're the villains in Indiana Jones and the Temple yes. of Doom. They're right. the ones doing a sacrifice to Kali. That's why they say, Kali Ma! Before he <laughs> out the guy's heart. Yes. So we get a lot of Wyndham Earl explaining. There's a lot of like Wyndham <laughs> Earl explaining to Leo as simultaneously Cooper and Hawk and Harry and Andy are trying to figure out the petroglyphs. 
Meanwhile, Andy is just staring at the petroglyph and actually like putting shit together, but no one will listen right. to him. Yeah, right. he figures so, it out. Right. Like, right. He's in Cooper, he's like, "Shut up, Andy! I'm grown up right. talking over here." I'm d- I'm busy throwing sh- stones at shit and having <laughs> dreams. Like, come on, Andy. Um, yeah. So, Coop puts together this episode something that I had mentioned in our last podcast that like Windermere isn't is only after the Black Lodge, not mm-hmm. Coop. Which is an interesting conclusion. Like, yeah. I do. Th- I think Coop is like would be like the cherry on top. Like he'd love to get Coop, but it becomes doesn't, clear that he wants the Black Lodge, not Coop. Yeah. Doesn't Cooper say something like along those lines? He's yeah, like, he does. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he I'm says, no longer just the. I'm, he, right. he was uh, saying that all this other stuff is camouflage. Right. What okay. he really which wants. is kind yeah. of smart. And the bonsai, so so Wyndham Earl has been recording them through this bonsai that was supposed to be from Josie, which, like, sheriff's department. <laughs> I'm not a detective, but, like, when you get a random gift from a dead woman who was also extremely sinister, like, check it out. Come on. Yeah. And they just are like, oh, I'll put this right on my desk right here and talk into it. she was so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a very tiny, unwired bug, which I don't think was technologically possible at that stage in the 90s. Wyndham Earl is very technologically advanced. Yeah. He He, he developed some programs that were like zooming in on pictures and like... Yeah, there was some uh, serious image manipulation in the software for 1991. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But you notice that a a lot in early 90s movies. Oh, yeah. Like hackers. Hackers, Jurassic Park. She's like... Yeah. uh, There was a lot of like graphic interfaces where there didn't need to be any. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They do it on the X-Files a lot, too, where they're like, I'm hacking into the system. (laughs) 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 You're like, what are you doing? I'm sending out an an internet message. (laughs) (laughs) What? And when the world does a lot of like one-headed no-look typing, which yeah. I find pretty impressive. He's got also he sports an, a look in these episodes that's like a like a black turtleneck and a blazer. He's getting serious. He's now. getting serious. He's like, okay, guys, this is business time. And blacked out teeth for one scene. Which yeah, was and like one brief scene. Yeah, he's completely white makeup. White. Uh, like yeah. a Kalimar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. That was the Kalimar. Did he, did he ha- it looked to me like, I kind of wanted to watch that scene over because it's like, it looked like when he was talking, his teeth were normal. But right, then, like, then he, then yeah. it, it oh, was kind of scary. Yeah. Wait, right. wait, 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 like at the start of the scene, his teeth, like, you, yeah. you would have noticed if his teeth were black and they weren't. But then, like, he holds, like, the bag in front of his face. Yeah. And he moves yeah. away and, like, suddenly blacked out. And it's like, yeah. Oh. He had some licorice in between <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> they. <laughs> so but, I have. Oh, go ahead, Melissa. Oh, as we're speaking about wardrobe, something that really kind of bothers me is Cooper's wardrobe now. So, like, Cooper came in being the FBI guy. Right. Then, when he was not FBI guy, he was plaid shirt khaki pant guy. Right. And now, casual, uh, now he's all suits again because he's FBI guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And then even casual Coop is like, no tie. Right, he's like blue blazer and black pants. Blazer, yeah. But no tie, no tie because he's right. in a cash. So it's just weird that they make... Right. He's a handsome man no matter what, <laughs> but just keep him in the beautiful black suit. I mean, he looks good. Right. Or don't make him transition because then he's Twin Peaks Coop. Right. Into, this is my casual look, but wouldn't that be your casual look if you were just like hanging out with someone? Or I like, agree. There's a lot of wardrobe flaws. Now that you were once a deputy of this 
sheriff's station, maybe, like, you could dress a little bit more cash. <laughs> right, and I did notice, too, the second he gets reinstated, everyone starts calling him Agent Cooper again. They're very, like, Ooh. proper with titles. He, like, sent out business cards. Yeah, and he's out like, the paper. hey, gang, we were keeping it cash for a minute, but now it's back to business. We made, yeah, we friends. made sure we called you Deputy Cooper or Deputy right. Dale. Deputy Dale. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here he calls him Deputy Dale Deputy when he's Dale. super drunk. Like, oh, you're at Deputy Dale. I want to see a scene where Coop's like with Lucy hammering out like his HR paperwork and like his last paycheck. And the two days of work. <laughs> Lucy's like, I want to get your bio for the Twin Peaks Gazette. And yeah. he's like, God damn it, Lucy. I need your parking pass back now, but you're an agent again, Coop. <laughs> no. Like, looking through my notes, I have so many little, like, Windermerle explains this, Windermerle explains that. And I think my big problem here, and I understand that it's an episodic show that was weekly, so you do need to have some exposition machines that explain things. Yeah, and a very complex show. It's very <laughs> complex. Bless you. But the mechanism by which they do it is too heavy-handed and over-engineered. Wyndham Earl explains too much. Like, yeah. it, especially with Leo. Like, in the scene, there's a scene with Leo where he says about Shelly, like, he's kind of goading Leo on and being like, your wife has some fairly modern views on marital fidelity. And then, and that's, <laughs> that's kind of clever. And, like, that type of banter is clever and fun. Yeah. And then he goes, Shelly wins Miss Tween Peaks, yeah. Shelly dies. And it's like, we, we get, get that. Yeah. Like, you established that before. Otherwise, why would all these people be obsessed with Miss Twin Peaks? And then it makes it so stupid. Well, yeah. yeah we, you know, we, we've established it's partly a parody of soap operas. And, and, like, a lot of shows like soap operas, you know, they're, and, like, NCIS does this now. And, like, they're, they're, yeah. they're writing them for people that are, like, sort of casually watching them and, like, right. doing the dishes or something else. So there's a lot of, like, good point. exposition. Yeah. But think about, when I think about season one, and I think about, like, Leland and Bob, and, like, the subtle nuances of, like, what's going on in the Palmer household, right. and, like, something weird is happening here, but we don't know what, it's, like, the heavy-handedness of season two just doesn't feel right. Like, it's right. just yeah. not the yeah. same they quality. They trusted his audience more. Right. Yeah. The, I hate when people don't trust us to, like, understand what's going on. Like, we've been with you, and you're just kind of smacking us in the face with this plot. And, and Pat and I were watching some stuff on YouTube, and, like, even the most hardcore Twin Peaks fans, like, skip all these episodes. Like, they just, like, skip. They go through 2-9, then they watch the last episode, then they watch Fire Walk With Me. Like, these episodes that we've been watching, like, people skip. Yeah. But I feel like you gotta love it all, warts and all, and you gotta go through it all, so that's why I we're here for you. Yeah. I know. But you're... <laughs> You love You're it all. Correct. I do, I do, but I just get <laughs> I get angry at them for like not trusting us. Right, and that yeah. comes back to what I've been saying about Wyndham Earl. Like Wyndham Earl was more of a shadow character, right? Or he was in the background, or if his character was at least more. He's not a good villain. How often no. does he maniacally laugh? Oh God! So every often. I mean, it's a very good laugh. So like every like, every time he says a line, he maniacally laughs. Oh, and you know what I read? Season three. <laughs> I think I've said this before, but like season three, they were setting up Major Briggs was going to be a much bigger character, oh. and I think that's clear. They're trying to make Major Briggs kind of the big character. Um, so while we're talking about Wyndham Earl and theatrical costumes, uh, I want to talk about the. <laughs> D the horse costume. So when Major <laughs> yeah. Briggs, 
when Major Briggs is in the forest and like just strolling around strolling. in the forest, so, <laughs> fact, like you do. Fun yeah. fact: in the like roles of Kelly Dowd that I'd rather not remember, mm-hmm. I played the tap dancing rear end of a horse in Hello Dolly. <laughs> <laughs> in a community theater Which, production. No. Which horse in Hello Dolly? Because I remember so many horses. And We've Got Elegance. Oh. And the bit was because the front of the horse couldn't tap dance and I could. So, like, <laughs> she just walked and I tap danced. And I remember that it is very difficult to be a horse with two people as um, Windermerle and Leo do. Yeah. You have to really be in sync and you have to be really coordinated and someone who has been tripped up on haloperidol and is also <laughs> a little bit mentally inept is not going to be able to do that so I'm calling fall play there well Leo's not tripped up on haloperidol but Leo was Leo, but Leo's out of it completely well no, Leo's he's just shocking himself Leo yeah. just shocked yes Leo shocked <laughs> he's himself meant, he's, da- he's brain damaged but he's Still physically, physically capable. capable of doing. I'm just it. saying, yeah. as some, I'm I'm saying, as someone who has okay. played the rear end of a horse, <laughs> Leo, Leo does do not it. have the mental you capacity to about, do it. Fair point. I'm just saying, like, I'm humble brag. No, I'm, I'm not, it's not even humble bragging. I'm brag bragging. <laughs> if you think it's easy to tap dance while your head is in the small of someone's back, you've got another thing coming, my friends. You gotta be not only in sync, but you gotta really, really be working hard. You gotta want it. Things get sweaty and smelly. So are you really bent over at almost a 90 degree angle? Absolutely. My head was in the small of, her name was Adrian. If you're listening, Adrian, which you're not. Um, She's probably a doctor. She was very smart, very talented lady. And, uh, yeah, we worked very hard to even be able to walk at all. And then, like, it's very, it takes a lot of coordination to make that happen. So they're making it look easy when it's difficult. So don't try that at home. Twin Peaks is glorifying and making it look easy to be a horse in the forest. And it's not. Horse in the forest. It's not. It's not easy. fun fact, I just looked up haloperidol. It's a real drug, but it's an antipsychotic. Like, that's not going to make... It can also control symptoms of Tourette's syndrome. So oh, like, so that makes sense because for the one-armed man, they were trying to curb his Tourette's. He was curbing his schizophrenia. That's what he was trying to do. Oh with this, yeah, yeah. With this one, they're trying to make it more of a truth serum. That's yeah, what I feel and like, like it trips you out. Like the major is like super tripped out when he comes out of those woods, and well, they say it's because of the haloperidol. Cole, Gordon Cole does say at one point, like. Really weird stuff. A mixture of haloperidol and something. something. So it might be mixed with something else. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But like with the one-armed man, it's what they would give him to make him not freak out. Right. Which and doesn't become make sense. the dugpa or yeah. the not dugpa or whatever. Right, right. But like they don't give it to him so he becomes right, whatever right, he becomes. Yeah. But like, yeah, Windermere's just got needles in his pocket ready to go. Yeah, and yeah. Thank you for reminding me. Because <laughs> when he injects... After you the major, he just slips at, and after threatening Leo with a, the needle as a dart, <laughs> then he just drops it in his jacket pocket, like without a cap on. It's like, there's no way you're going to get that needle out without pricking yourself yeah, right here. Those jacket pockets are... Yeah, they're so casual. They're very, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, I don't even... I was it's, done. It's but true. The horse, can we just point out the fact that the horse shoots Major Briggs, which I thought was... <laughs> 
a very well played scene because the horse <laughs> it's great shoots major breaks. There's no way <laughs> I mean, though that I've had some wine, but it made me laugh out loud. Eric DeRay, I'd love to get into a competition about who could be a better rear end of a horse because <laughs> I don't believe you actually did that scene. I I think you're a lovely man. Everyone says you're the sweetest in the world, but I don't believe that was but actually you're you. Clearly there's no way. There's no way. Brain damage. I mean, there's no way, dude. There's in no real life, way. I don't know why I said that. I have no, don't I have, be an Eric DeRay hater. He's oh, a treasure. Eric, He's a treasure. Mr. DeRay, I have no reason for saying you're that. You're an absolute treasure, why. sir. Sir, you're a treasure. <laughs> it's hard to like. <laughs> oh, you know what we did skip? That's sort of an important oh, plot I, point. Oh, go ahead. And I just wanted to point out that um, even though uh, Wyndham Earl's been keeping Eric, I mean, Leo, this kept this whole time. He's been keeping his hair well gelled and oh. slicked back in a slick perfect back, ponytail. Beautiful that ponytail. was such a fun yeah. I cracked up when you said that because it never occurred to me to notice that, but it's true. Like, why is he still gelling? You almost picture Wyndham Earl like lovingly gelling his hair every yeah. morning. And that's like that's a comb job too. Like and singing to him as he does. He's right. still in that bathrobe too, I think. Yeah. From when he yeah. left. Doesn't someone say something about him smelling? Is that doesn't Wyndham Earl say something like that? Those two must smell. Or you, awful, I think one of you right? said that actually. Right. I don't. Well, I was I saying that know. Audrey, with her pink sweater that she was in for like five years when she was kidnapped, was smelly. Yeah. Yeah. But way, Earl and Leo must smell pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Especially Leo. I mean, there has to be a very nice baby. There's probably a truck stop with a shower. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Earl is. That Earl Wyndham goes Earl to, has yeah. been going to. Right. But, yeah. We only see a part of this cabin. Another part is a luxury bathroom. Where he <laughs> there can roll his theatrical it's makeup. Gotta be that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's and then right. And a yeah. large walk-in closet that just has and a dressing room with a full vanity. <laughs> this is the right. very wait. This is the very cabin that Catherine stumbled upon. Right. Her, her uh, childhood oh, yeah. cabin. It's yeah. actually yes. a musical theater summer camp, <laughs> but it's not the summer, so there's no one there. But there's like tons of costumes. <laughs> In that fact, that horse was from Hello, Dolly. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I recently saw a production of Hello, Dolly, and I don't believe that there was any horses. Well, it's an optional addition <laughs> to the song We've Got Elegance, but I think it adds a lot. It really does. Yeah. Um, it, it's So we missed... Well, here's a quick question. Why... If you're dancing, wouldn't it be, why wouldn't they make you the front of the horse? That seems like because it's funny. It's funny that the front is just standing there and the back's like going like yeah. I guess it's less expected. Yeah. Okay. But <laughs> anywho, um, so I you know one thing that I think we're about to get into the beginnings of a rant that will continue on and off throughout this podcast about the Miss Twin Peaks pageant. One thing that bothers me about Heather Graham's character yeah. is to me it's about payoff. Like, we talk about, like, if you bring out a gun in Act 1, it has to go off in Act 2. So we we have this setup of, Just like... Just the four of us here, we talk about that. Right. <laughs> we talked about it on the podcast. No, yeah. yeah. My, I've heard theater teachers say that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a thing. It when oh, you were out. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was when you were out we talked about. And that was because you weren't here, so we... Yeah. It was a theater yeah, thing without you. Damn it. Um, but, yes. Where's so, Every time Tom's out here, so, somebody has to ask, where's Tom? Where's Tom? Oh, those listeners who have watched Twin Peaks, you know what we're talking about here, but these two don't. Well, that's where's Poochie, but there's a spoiler with... Anyway, season. anyway. Oh, no, Kelly's <laughs> doing it. 
Not doing it. So Here's a tip, folks. Never watch a show if someone has seen the show before. Hey, we've done a great job, comparatively. Uh, we tried so hard. You can I give you a C plus. As oh a my god. I don't know, but B minus. No, no, yeah. I'm just kidding. We if you watch some of the YouTube clips of like fans of Twin Peaks talking about it and the detail they go into that Pat and I don't even touch, you'd be astonished. Like, we don't even skim the surface of, like, the Dugpas and the, like, Garmin Bozia and all these other things that are mythos. But what I was... Into more fun things. What I was going to say is, just like Storytelling 101, you set something up and then you pay it off. And sometimes with David Lynch, we've talked yeah. about, like, his thing is... Set sort up of more, a lot of stuff. <laughs> more instinctive, and maybe there. And in, in TV, I think there's an element of like you don't know how many seasons you're gonna get. Right. You might get another season. You might not. So there's some like setting up and not paying off. And see, just to finish my bit, like that's the kind of thing that like isn't officially a spoiler. But when you guys are like, oh, don't worry, like this, none of this is important. <laughs> like that's just as like, like you guys have been yeah. doing that a lot <laughs> last couple I'm weeks. Sorry. No, I'm just. That's is, true. Yeah. Good point. I, I guarantee point. if you watch. Any other like Twin Peaks podcast, podcast <laughs> they go into it. They'd be like talking about the <laughs> owl cave and like analyzing every minute of it, and like we're not doing that here. So, it's Twin Peaks. So here's my thing: you you set up these characters that we get attached to, and you set up like okay, we've got Audrey, Shelley, and Donna, which makes sense. Like here's right. three women that are the three major characters that are like big women in the city. And, like, one of them might be Miss Twin Peaks, and one of them... But then you bring in Annie, and you're like, just negate all this stuff that we set up, and we set up time to set, you know? It's like... Yeah, and making her such a pivotal role as, like, this queen of, like, the dark ritual, it's like, what? And and having, like, Audrey, Shelley, and Donna come to the sheriff's department, (laughs) and having that scene where, like, Cooper's like, you're in danger, and it's like, none of them are in danger. I bet it was like, they wanted... Like, David Lynch was probably like, it's going to be, like, Audrey or Donna. Probably Audrey. Right. But then, like, they probably, the network was probably like, no, it's too creepy now. Like, because yeah. he's, like, old. She's young. Like, right. it'd be too weird. Well, it was, like, Lara Flynn Boyle being like, I don't want. Or that, yeah. I don't want Kyle McLaughlin to be with well, Audrey. Well, maybe we're more used to TV now, where it's, like, if you're going to set up these kind of scenes where, you know, Everyone in the town that you know is going to participate. You're going to see the clips of... You're going to see, like, them spinning around and at least seeing part of their talent and seeing, like, you're going to see a montage more than what... It's going to be a montage. A montage. (laughs) (laughs) Now we got to pay for that because you did the second bar. (laughs) Damn it. Um, we love you Your guys. check's in the mail, South Park. <laughs> yeah, we love you. It was out of love. It wasn't out of stealing. <laughs> you guys watch South Park anymore? Of course. I haven't watched like a new episode in like years. I don't but wait. It's still good. It's still good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Miss Twin Peaks rant. It is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so the, the beginning of what we'll Welcome be to our started. South Park episode, Kenny's no! Dead. <laughs> Kenny's Dead. Come on, that's awesome. <laughs> it's true. Well, in, in all fairness, they also have a handily kind of set up that Annie going to participate. Right. But then my absolute favorite scene is when Annie tells Coop 
that she's gonna participate oh god in Twin Peaks. i just have so to like dancing. walk out of here wait 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 yeah they're dancing she doesn't know how to dance this is 220 by the way not even yeah. like slow dance no <laughs> like, it's kind it's of like, like side wait side. why does coop even pressure her to join that makes week. no sense and it's no so sense. uncharacteristic That's of coop very weird it's creepy. uncharacteristic that all these men are so into their women being into this pageant Right. Think about it though, like if it's if it's this weird yeah, thing for yeah. the people of Twin Peaks, Coop is becoming a Twin Peaksian. He's, yeah, 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 I guess so. This is like, yeah. and he's like, I want to show off my new gal because he's so in love with it. Literally, every was, woman is yeah. pressured into it, except for Donna. Just does it on her own. Nadine Donna just does, does it on her own. Yeah. Well, Nadine, we know why Nadine. The redhead wants yeah. Nadine. Yeah. That's, oh, that's Nadine. Yeah. But like, no, 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 the the young the redhead. The, the oh, the widow Lana. Yeah, it's her idea. It's like 50-50, but like Audrey, Shelley, and Annie are all pressured into it by men. Like, yeah, that's true. The main people. Very, right. very Our strong pressure. Right. Yeah. Female. Maybe, like, it's that's so supposed to point out how, like, women are more instinctive. Like, they just instinctively were staying away from this. And yeah. the men are just, like, dumb shots. Thank God. Like, <laughs> I love Sherilyn Fenn. Like, she just... I love Audrey and I love Sherilyn Fenn, both of them, because she, like, comes in and not only does she not want to do it as Audrey, like, her dad's like, Audrey, Miss... Like, Stop Ghostwood needs a spokesperson mm-hmm. and as I remember from when I tried to fuck you, you look great in a bathing suit. <laughs> right. So you should be this person. And Audrey's like, Daddy, sincerely, I have no interest in being the town bathing beauty. Like, she so lays down the law. And he kind of, like, mm-hmm. convinces her to do it. Then, sidebar, Sherilyn Fenn has said... Because you'll notice when you watch it that Sherilyn Fenn is not in any of the, like, dance group sequences. She's not in anything that's, like, embarrassing. She was like, full stop, I just did not want to have a part in this. Like, I thought it was stupid. I hated the whole Annie Blackburn thing. Like, this was, I'm like, I'll do the bare minimum. So all she does is gives a speech for, like, 15 seconds in a beautiful dress. Like... But it's a fully covered dress. Right. That, that was also the style of the time. Right. But so was Annie. And that's Which it. was the style at the time. Right. <laughs> um, no, it's one of the things, <clears throat> but down. you're, it really upsets me that, yeah, they built this up so much and then like the only thing we see is. Lucy dancing, which is amazing. Lucy's awesome. Lucy's awesome. Lucy, Lucy kills it. Lucy yeah. kills she does it. a drop into a split, which is like hardcore. Can you pull up um, the actresses, whoever Kimmy Lucy Robertson. Is, um, just like Wikipedia page so that I can just read it. We watched some interviews. So I, okay, so this is the story I didn't want to spoil for you guys. So Kimmy Robertson, who plays Lucy, is a dancer and she was like... She put together that little dance. Oh, she's only five two. She's so adorable. And she was like, when she did the splits, everyone was like, <gasps> because she's supposed to be pregnant. And everyone was like, oh, God, she shouldn't do that. But the funny part is the actress who plays Lana, Budding Milford, is supposed to do what they call <laughs> contortionistic erotica. Oh, yeah. And There's another word in there. There was three words, I think. Yeah, yeah. I want to find my notes. There was one more. It was contortionistic jazz erotica. So what, what made me actually oh like God. at least like this actress better? I think it's an exotic extortionist. Anyway, sorry. Go on. So she it was exotic. It was extortionist, and it was jazz. Yeah. Those so this actress words. in an interview was like, I read this in the script, and I was like, Hey, gang. <laughs> Slow like, down, guys. She's like. 
I don't know if you know, but I'm not a dancer. Like, when I say I'm not, I am not a dancer. <laughs> they're like, no problem. You're beautiful. We'll put you in a cool costume. It'll be a cool music. We'll make it look like you're a good dancer. And she's like, I'm so serious when I say, like, I cannot dance. Like, I don't want to do this. And even the actress is like, that was absolute malarkey. Like, because she does not, she, it's supposed to be like a belly dance and she can't even move yeah. her hips. No, they don't even, she doesn't even, I call it, a, I call There's it like, like, one little shake in there and it's not big at all. Slow walking with like a veil. Like, yeah. slow right. walking with a veil. Striking like arm vogue yeah. poses. They couldn't even, even write a dance that made her look good, like. Whereas, apparently, not to always bring it back to, like, Cheryl and Ben's amazing and everyone sucks, the first scene where Audrey dances at the jukebox, that was, like, ad-libbed. All of a sudden, they came to that day, and they were like, oh, you're going to do this dance. And Cheryl and Ben was like, oh, whatever. I busted it out, and I'm perfect. But, uh, like, okay. it was perfect. <laughs> it wasn't a hard dance. It, it was, wasn't a hard dance. It kind of like, as I remember it. Yeah, but it's beautiful, and she moves with the music, and it's perfect, and it's, like, sensual. This, so, so This is, like... Not good. So, so what is? Do I love it? So when what, I love you, I love you. When I don't love you, I don't love you. What they should have done is that Lucy was a ballerina. Yes, she's so. good. She's they, a really good dancer. You know, because she spots her turns. Right. <laughs> That's the key. Oh yeah. She's I, a I good know, dancer. She does know. a double pirouette. Yeah. What? That was like more than two. I yeah. Like three or four. Maybe it was a triple into a split. She's amazing. Like she's and they put her in the front for all the group dances. Because she's, like, the only one who can dance. And, like, they're kind of, like, all, like, just watch Lucy and kind of follow along. You ever seen that video of Baryshnikov from that Richard Pryor movie where... Or, no, it's not Richard Pryor, sorry. It's that comedian who looks a lot like Richard Pryor from oh, the same era. From, from History of the World, that guy. Oh, yes. Baryshnikov Gregory like, Hines. Yeah. He, Baryshnikov does, like, I think it's, it's either... It's at least 14. It might be as high as, like, 17... Fuetes? Whatever, yeah, Fuetes, whatever she right. does in the beginning of her dance. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 17 without stopping. It's insane. Borisnikov is, is amazing. Yeah. I mean, Kimmy Robertson is a, is a dancer, and she does a great job, and she's so cute. And she choreographed that dance for herself. They like were like, hey, do a little dance. And she was like, sure, no problem. She Here I go. Yeah, and she like, totally oh, nailed hey, it. You call me moron? I'm going to do the splits. Right. You know what? She's not a moron. She's very good at her job. And you know what? She is my Miss Twin Peaks. Totally. Lucy is absolutely the one who she's should win my, that pageant. She's my new sexiest because that dance was hot as hell. She was great. <laughs> and then she and her legs to, are great. And her face looks so like she's just like easy. It looks like she's like, oh, this? No big deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like dance like a stripper from hell. <laughs> do it. I'm really excited because she absolutely is in the new season. She's in the teaser trailers. Oh, so yeah. she's there. We oh, yeah. love you. Oh, yeah. We love you, Kimmy Robertson, and we're so excited. And we think you're Miss, you're our Miss Twin Peaks. We crown you Miss Twin Peaks. <laughs> Congratulations! Yeah. You did it. I can't whistle. You did it. But actually, <laughs> we know who. But the actually, Heather Graham won because God like damn her, it. Like we were debating before. You heard it, listeners. <laughs> um, you know Heather Graham's acting ability, and it's like she's just so flat in this episode. It's insane. She's, <laughs> One note. Her it's speech, every episode. I can't, I her can't whole ask. speech to Cooper, where she, they're dancing, she's just like staring at one spot, which is not him. Right. <laughs> it's like ninety degrees from him. It's so clear that she's either looking at a teleprompter or she's just. It really looks like she's pulling a Brando and like, yeah, reading it off a cue card. Brando right. never read it, learned his lines. No way, really. Yeah, there's pictures of in The Godfather, like on Robert Downey. Uh, no, I mean uh, Robert. The uh, Tom. Know. Tom from 
the conciliary from Godfather. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's yes. wearing just like a suit covered in paper with no, Brando's that lines. Yeah. is hilarious. Never learned his lines. Like, from oh that my god. On. Well, and it was like that's not cool. That's this, not cool. This script. In Brando's this... like also super overrated. I'm going to talk about everything but Twin Peaks for the next one. <laughs> it's okay. That's what brings yeah, the that's color. Good. That's why that's... we missed you. We needed the color. <laughs> that's some good. Uh, Pat and I militantly right discuss Twin Peaks, and I will drive it back to Twin Peaks if you drive. All the way to yeah. Missoula, Montana, I'll you know bring what? it back. And then Kelly's just got to hop <laughs> on, turn the wheel, and Kelly's it's like, because <laughs> that's my job as a corporate trainer is to take things out of tangents and bring it back to... <laughs> Let's circle back. Oops, I just revealed that my job as a corporate trainer, no! What? Yeah. Um, We're still gonna get killed by a stalker. Damn it! <laughs> but what I would we deserve it. We deserve it. <laughs> what I noticed in this when we so we recorded the first two episodes because we watched them alone, and then when we were watching it together, <laughs> after we were complaining about Heather Graham the last episode, it's a lot of complaining. It was more prevalent this time because the writing <laughs> is very Cooper-esque. Well, That's a, a very lines. good insight. That's a very yeah. good insight, yeah. Because they're trying to make it so she's kind of like the female Cooper. Right. She's right. like insightful, but, but in Audrey this kind of like clearly little the female Cooper. odd ways. I had that yeah. thought when we were watching this last couple two before this like Audrey is a female Cooper and you, yeah. you probably said that on this podcast before but no I haven't no, 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 I don't no. think she's That's I think she point. just compliments yeah. Cooper right. in a very nice way they're trying to make right. Annie the female Cooper by the words she says but Heather Graham no. delivers them so Awful. As if Black? she's reading it from a book? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like her character in this might as well be her character from The Hangover. Like that's yeah. how. Right. Cro- that's know, actually very. How little true. acting she's doing. <laughs> and could you and she's imagine? Like if you had taken Annie out and you'd made this plotline Audrey, how much more invested oh we'd God, be? So like it'd be so good. I have a question though. What? Who would you cast as Annie? Because we, we. No. I would cast no one. I wouldn't have Annie at all. I know you would. Like, I wouldn't have that plotline at all. I would have Audrey be the one who wins Miss Twin Peaks. And I would keep everything the same. I would have her be reluctant about joining. I would have it be like... I wouldn't bring in Billy Zane because... We'd want to keep yeah. on track what? the Cooper Audrey thing. Billy Zane, though. And I love, I think Billy Zane, and by the way, I think His Billy Zane, I think Billy Zane and Sherilyn Fenn have so much more chemistry than Cooper and Annie. Like, I believe oh, yeah. Billy clearly, Zane and Audrey. Clearly, yeah. Well, but, Billy Zane's just a peach. Like, and like, they, they like, they like when they kiss each arrow, other, they're, they mean it. Like, yeah, she's wearing that is. beautiful houndstooth jacket. And that hunk. Blue, I mean, they look Beautiful together. He's wearing like a pilot's coat. They look like they could be in a J. Crew catalog. They do. Lorraine from the nineties, <laughs> where it's like she's in a long skirt. They look beautiful. Boots. I believe them as a couple, but there's no need he for has him. Some riding pants on as well. Right. Even if you don't make Audrey and Cooper get together, and you keep this like he's not with her because it's inappropriate, but he has feelings for her. And then she's like, okay, I'm, I'm adulting now. I'm being like taking over the dad's business, and he's like onto his thing. And then she reluctantly joins the pageant to help her dad. And right. then she gets, she wins the pageant. It's like we've invested this energy in her already. That makes so much more sense than this outside yeah. person 
as the mayor says, she's been in Twin Peaks for 15 minutes. I agree with you, yeah, Mayor Milford. Yeah. Thanks for saying what the audience is all thinking. Right, right like, now. we're not invested in this character. We've invested uh-huh. in every other woman. Well, I bet Heather Graham slept with somebody, some producer, like, in real life. It's to so... Get that part. <laughs> someone hit, like, maybe in a she did. for her, too, and wants to sleep with her, and was like, maybe we should just... Although, I don't think... Like, she's one of those women that was, like, more attractive as she got older, because, I don't yeah. know. She's absolutely she's... stunningly beautiful, but, like... That's not the point. She was like, like a supermodel for a long time, but yeah, also I'm just saying she was hotter she was in Boogie Nights. Conrad <laughs> for five years, right? So that means that she's at least twenty three, right? But still, that's super young for Cooper to be like. It's really funny because if Shane, my ex boyfriend who introduced me to Twin Peaks, is listening, he's heard this rant before, <laughs> like years ago. Because when we first watched it together, this was my major complaint. Like, I really hated how they brought Annie in. I thought it sucked the energy out of the plot line. I thought it's all about protect the queen, as Briggs keeps saying. Major Briggs keeps saying, like, protect the queen, defend the queen. It's all about the queen. Right. And the queen ends up being this woman who they bring out of nowhere. And David Lynch thinks so, too, because Heather Graham is not in the new season. If he, like, loved Heather Graham, she would be in the new season. There's 214 actors in the new season, and Heather Graham's not one of them. Neither is Lara Flynn Boyle, but guess who is? Sherilyn Fenn. So, like, why it wasn't Audrey was, like, absolutely ridiculous. They could have recast the girl from the movie, though. Who plays Donna, who's really good, actually. You'll see Fire Walk With Me has a different Donna. Oh. Which will be very interesting. And a lot of fans, there's a big... There's a big um, division. Whether you like Lara Flynn Boyle, there's other actress oh. who plays Donna. Like I the, think you guys will like that one. I like the other Flynn Boyle. I think she does a good job. Yeah, she's good. If in you took she's, out, under, she's like really not on screen much right. like lately. Yeah, not lately. No, I guess because yeah, we know she was difficult. Right. On set. If I didn't know that and was just watching the series, she does a good job. Yeah, in the and you're like, where the hell is she? She does a good job, and she could have been kind of a main. Actually, come to think of it. Donna, Audrey, or Shelly being crowned Miss Twin Peaks would have been better than Annie. Yeah. Like, because all of them are established characters. Shelly... We're invested. Shelly is and Leo's the wife. And they're queens like, on his board. Like, right. Where, he doesn't have a queen with Heather Annie. Graham's face on it. Right. That's no. what makes it well, so absurd. It doesn't absurd. make any sense. Pat has he heard just, this rant from me so many times. And he's like, talking about Shelly the whole time. Like, he he's gonna kill Shelly. Right. Merle, save Shelly, he says. Save Shelly. Yeah. He gives up his chessboard like scheme and like his whole card game scheme once he sees uh annie with right so and that's it and that's why like it's like yeah go ahead well i was saying that they were setting that up for a while because it was like here's shelly here's donna and then we have the queen of hearts who's gonna be the queen of hearts and it's like well it's gonna be some rando because you don't have a face Queen of Hearts should have been Audrey, and then like oh, yeah. some the spade should have been someone random. Right. But it's because Cooper's hearts with Annie. So, I just I have like, such we a... already knew that Annie was gonna die. Right. I have such a hard or if time. You didn't, I'm sorry, but you no, should. I think yeah. Should have the idea. Like, the plot point was it. very. The idea loose. that David Lynch could let such a major decision be dictated. By a woman's petty jealousy, like Lara Flynn Boyle, like not wanting. I just can't believe that. She probably slept with him. (laughs) I don't know what happened, but like, 
we have gotten invested in so many women in this town, like Nadine, right. Shelly, Audrey, Norma. This could have been a whole Game of like, Thrones type of, we're going to make the women the right. main part of Honestly, this. one of the best things Game of Thrones did was taking a plot line that was supposed to be a random character and giving it to Sophie Turner. Um, I forget her character's name, but... Uh, Sansa? Sansa. Yeah. Because it's oh, like... Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Rather yeah, than yeah, bringing yeah. in... And I always Good think point. that's a better choice. Don't yeah. bring in a random character when you have an existing character who could fill that spot. Yeah. Good like, call. that's a very smart move. Actually, right? they do very... Very, well, a very I, good I, job at that. In that's why uh, I Game think the Thrones. TV show is yeah. better than the books right, because yeah. they take oh, yeah, way better. seventy-five characters Sorry, and R. streamline them. I I love you, of course, R. R. Martin, but book four sucked. They take <laughs> seventy-five characters and streamline <laughs> them into thirty characters, and like that's more manageable, and we care more. Right. You know, why would you take a that's, story and give a meaty plot to someone who's been there for 15 minutes mm-hmm. versus, like, all these right. characters we got invested in? Especially, Sherlyn Fenn was nominated for an Emmy for season one, so fans like her. It right. just, it, it infuriates me to no end. I don't understand it. Sherlyn Fenn doesn't understand it. She talks about it in interviews. That's <laughs> why she's not in the Miss Twin Peaks scene. She's like, No. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm not going to be your little twirling an umbrella girl when I should have been Miss Twin Peaks and like this should have been my plot line. Like, yeah. I'm not going to yeah. do it. No, it's That's, And she also feels like Audrey wouldn't do that, which I agree. I love that Audrey's like, Daddy, from the like, bottom of my heart. I will heart, give the speech, but I'm not doing right. these pants and shit. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. And like, I love that it just, it's so weird that these women become beauty, like everything ends up revolving around a beauty pageant. Right. Just and then, so <laughs> bizarre. It's revolving around a beauty pageant that doesn't satisfy <laughs> you once right. you watch it because it's like Bobby's writing the speech for Shelly and like he's so reading sad. the speech and he's like, does this, look, does this look good? Should I not say kiss Bobby? Don't come home tonight, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> should I not? How like, dare you? <laughs> should I not say really this cool. or that? And like it would have made sense if we saw Shelly giving at least the end of the speech. Hey, we got nothing of Shelly. And then Bobby's reaction to that. Right. Like maybe that was a cut scene or something like that. Yeah. It would have to be because it doesn't make sense that they bring in like we've been focusing on there's three main girls, someone's gonna die. Right. Like Nadine and just like Like Nadine benching like five hundred yeah. pounds. Oh sweet Nadine. I wish I could have seen Nadine's talent thing. It would have <laughs> been so funny. It should have been an effing montage. I know. Let's say. Like it should have been Well it like, kinda was, just not a big enough one. Right. No, it should have been like, oh, then Shelly's giving the speech and then we see we cut to Bobby's like reaction, like, yeah, she nailed it. <laughs> right. And <then> like, <laughs> just, I see Bobby doing like a smile. <laughs> I do Nadine. love that Bobby gets knocked out by Wyndham Earl dressed up as the log lady. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is Wyndham Earl's best costume yet. Dressed yeah, up as the log true. lady, like that's very clever. Oh. Um but oh, yeah, it's yeah. I guess we should. Go <laughs> yeah, into like that. anyone would recognize it wasn't her immediately because he just has like a, a split firewood log. <laughs> right. It doesn't have like little baby arms or anything. <laughs> so what? You bring your whole family, Bobby says. Yeah, I know, and then he just gets knocked out. It's so good. But yeah, I just, I totally, I totally am just it left really cold me. by the whole Miss Twin Peaks thing, and I can't get over it. But, but I don't have to. Yeah. But what's the worst is. 
reiterated once again is that they build it up so fucking much yeah. in the last three, four episodes. <laughs> and then it's just like, okay, well, that happened. And again, when Cooper is dancing with Annie and Annie's finally like, I'm going to join Miss Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. The giant appears and is just like, no, no, dude. no don't do it. <laughs> do yeah. not. Do not ever do it. And no. like, so, and like it's such exaggerated body language. I thought it was in slow motion at first. Like, just like, point. Yeah. you can't miss it. Yeah. Silently, you cannot like, misinterpret that. Like, no, staring at it like, <laughs> what no? does that mean? I and mean, even the context is so obvious. He's and then like, he just like kisses her again, and it's just like, okay, yeah. What, he, the owls are, are not what they seem. Like, that, but, uh, Honestly. Cooper is doing some classic like Mulder Scully action where he like just lets shit happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, like, well, I know this giant in my vision is really adamant about and something. I know knows the future, but uh, <laughs> as soon as I say uh, Shelly or uh, not Shelly, but Annie, Annie, you're a queen. Like then he's like, no. Oh God, I hate that when no. he's like, you're a queen. <laughs> Right, and you're oh. the. She's like, it's a fairy tale, and you're the queen. <laughs> and basically, the giant could just be like slitting his own throat, like, Ugh, like, yeah. why isn't her. this Audrey playing this part? She'd be like point, pointing at Annie. Her, no, no. queen. Don't cast her. She can't act. Stop I can't, it. I can't tell you, but <laughs> no. Right. It's. So some basic infuriating. Her, yeah. <laughs> some. Just for like, doing a lot of gesturing. What? Yeah. I some know. Basic gestures. You're missing a lot of gestures, listeners. Ah, I'm sorry. No. It's the rage level. If, I, you, if we get a ten dollar a month donation on Patreon, we're the Bookhouse Boys. I will set up a video <laughs> feed for those listeners. It's just I. I this is actually the perfect like me $10 being a little month. bit sick is the perfect oh. state to record this episode because. Of, I'm like and a you know, and a half of wine. You know, I love Twin <laughs> Peaks as much as anyone in the world ever did. But this this whole thing with Annie just infuriates me so much. It just doesn't make Wait, sense. I gotta just mention, uh, speaking of filming us, like talking about this podcast. Yes. They have a thing in Norway called... Uh, what is it? Pairing? Like, yes, we know. Go on. <laughs> it's like slow television or like slow watching where they just like watch like herds moving across fields and like um, the whole country is into it. Oh. It's like... I would watch that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pat and I are going to the Magical Isles of Iceland this year. Oh. And it was inspired by Twin Peaks. Yeah. Oh, so part of our Twin We're Peaks... We're a little island that's destroying the world. <laughs> the Magical <laughs> Isles of really Iceland. Exactly. Right it's not Bingo. just Twin Peaks related, but it's many things related. Speaking of Twin Peaks locations, Pat and I have been to Glastonbury Grove of Twin Peaks which you see, um, so that's the Black Lodge entrance. Oh, can I mention one more thing? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Twin Peaks, or the Miss Twin Peaks thing Yes, please. Is, so the giant warns Cooper yep. that Annie is in fucking trouble. Yep, he, he doesn't care. loves his fucking visions. And then when it turns into a rave at the <laughs> Miss Twin Peaks thing, he doesn't move. move. He doesn't He's frozen. jump. Like, to, like, grab her and put her down to the ground, which I would assume would be the first... It's 
very <laughs> it's sad to watch but like because i've been drinking a lot of wine but it says why doesn't coop run <laughs> coop, right mine literally freezes and yes. just watches earl and take dark Abduct, Annie. Uh, Annie. He does yeah. the old chloroform over her mouth thing. And as Melissa said, it, he, it turns into a rave, and that was my call during the episode. I'm going to claim that because, like, the smoke bombs get thrown and yeah. the strobe lights are on. Multiple strobe You should not be watching. This yeah, episode. don't watch that scene. Right, but what's amazing too, I do like watching all the other contestants be very sharp and with it and move, and yeah. Annie just kind of stumble around, <laughs> and that's not Annie Blackburn being like. Ooh, we gotta find a way that like you stay still. It's That's like Heather Graham. Graham just being like I was. T- I was telling you guys. I was told to stand here. Okay. <laughs> right. I have never seen an actress do so little with her face in my life. Like she doesn't move her face at all, which is fine no. for when you are especially a your eyebrows. Model. You gotta work the eyebrows Nothing. as an actor. <laughs> Nothing's going on in the right. face when you're a print model. That's fine. Like you yeah. can just stare blankly and She's wear a pretty dress. Absolutely but. beautiful, but she is a paper doll. Like she <laughs> is a paper doll you could pick up and put in a scenario, and like maybe I, I'm starting to get like. Does David Lynch just like victimy women? Is that his thing? Like, does he not want a woman with spirit? Is that what's going on? Audrey has spirit, and so does Shelley, and like and Nadine. Uh, and in all fairness, Josie was written with spirit, right? Just like Joan Chen cast. biffed it. Yeah. Like he has a poor. However, he's casting these women like half of the time it lands, half the time. Right. It well, he's casting it by just meeting them and getting to know them. Right. He needs to at least run maybe a scene with them, yeah. see how their face reacts. Which is, I was reading through Twin Peaks like awards and nominations, <laughs> and Joanna DeRay, Eric DeRay's mom, who's the casting director, like won or was nominated for some casting award for this, and I'm like. I feel like there's something missing a little bit in this casting methodology. Like, I do... Also remember that TV wasn't nearly that great. Right, that's true. I mean, it was... And they really did nail most of the characters. Like, most of the cast is phenomenal. Like, it's really pretty phenomenal. But I do think, unfortunately, as cool and chill and fun as someone might be to hang out with... You do have to have them read a fucking scene to know if they can act. Like, Heather Graham looks beautiful and she might be a really great conversationalist and I'd love to get a cup of coffee with her, but put a script in front of her, have her read a scene, like, once. Well, that's exactly what they did, You know, no, exactly, I'm saying, like, they didn't do that. Just right in front of her face. Oh. She read it. Yeah. (laughs) And I just pulled up her Wikipedia. She's an actress. She wasn't a... I thought she was, like, a... A model that oh, turned right. out. A model yeah. actress? No. like she She's an actress like, model, though. But that's the thing. When you're that beautiful, you can just get to do whatever you want. And it's just... That's great. And she seems like a lovely person and a woman, and that's great. But, like, it's just like... Oh, and she was born in Milwaukee. I don't get it. But I do want to say there are some great images that happen in, in episode 221. Um, in the lead-up to the end of the episode with Bob in coming, like, the lead-up to the Black Lodge. They show Glastonbury Grove. Right. So I start, oh, yeah, so I start to talk about Black, Glastonbury yes. Grove. Before I so Pat and I, when we went on our Snoqualmie, Washington trip, we were saying to you guys that, like, 
we, like, Twin Peaks, at least at that time, and I bet if you go a year from now, it'll be different, like, wasn't that big a deal where, like, we stayed you at the mean hotel. When we go as a podcast. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> Don't even tease me with that idea. It is you a know. Sp- it's a spy and lounge. It's amazing. So. I mean, it's a beautiful place, even <laughs> if outside of the Salish Lodge. If you guys want to sponsor this podcast, we will. I mean, without sponsoring, I'll say it's an amazing lodge. I mean, and just amazing spot. <laughs> we had a great time. They're amazing. They're super nice. And Sponsored they give by you these the Salish Lodge, <laughs> Spawn Lodge. Right, Please you guys are amazing. Us. We love you. <laughs> you. Did a great job. Um, they give you these little maps of like the Twin Peaks locations, but it just goes to show you how niche it is because, like, it's not like there's a tour or a tour guide. You just kind of like wander around trying to find these spots. I think they said we get a few couples like you, like a, a year. Times a year. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was wearing I mean, a plaid we skirt. We get a couple of couples, like, you a month or We're like, so. you weirdos. So we went to... <laughs> Pat didn't dress up like the log lady like you did on Halloween. He was a great log lady. Yeah. I just <laughs> you did it because I feel like that would have really set the scene. It was... Oh, so the, a good idea. the Black Lodge <laughs> yeah. entrance is a year. really cool spot. It's really interesting because you're just kind of like in this beautiful scenic park and you go over this kind of hill and suddenly you're just there. And I do remember just really getting chills and feeling very weird. Like I was like, Oh my God, we're like at the black lodge, like entrance. Like you can see this. It just looks so cool. And you're like, wow, this is real. Fear is the key. Right. It's so neat looking. (laughs) Yeah. Fear is the key. I do like that. They bring Bob back in for a moment Because, again, Bob is a really effective villain. He's extremely scary and interesting and, like, not overplayed. Unlike Wyndham Earl, who's, like, twisting his mustache and (laughs) tying ladies to train tracks and, like, sharing his, like, hey, what am I going to do with the spiders that are going to kill you, Leo? (laughs) Remember when movies were just a fellow in a white hat and a fellow in a black hat? (laughs) Those were the good old days. Yeah. There were a lot of 30 Rock quotes in this podcast. (laughs) So true. And... Whoa. That was weird. Bob. (laughs) Wow, Bob. Wow, Bob. Bob is scary. is just uh, and boom. (laughs) That just happened. So I do like when they finally kind of... They do a lot of like quick shots from different, different like areas. And then finally you see the... Sycamore Grove with all the trees and like you see Bob's arm coming out and you see in the puddle on the ground the red curtains and you're like oh fuck it's gonna be cool and listeners the next episode is directed by David Lynch we're gonna be like the the second like the Miss Twin Peaks actually wasn't like it was directed really well like it was Tim Hunter who's an actual He's done previous episodes. Okay. Yeah. Because I was like, this is very like back to back to right. It's very modern directing. Yeah. And he does. So they do do the thing that I think David Lynch does so well, which is like setting up little things to set the scene of like eeriness. And even as the mayor keeps saying like something isn't right, something isn't right when he's doing his sound check. And that's exactly what David Lynch wants you to feel. It's not that, like, there's big, overt, 
chaos. It's that mm. feeling of like something isn't right, little things, like people's hands shaking. Mm, yeah. So we have that oh, with yeah. like Cooper mm. and Pete, it happens too. And this Hi, random lady. woman in the double R diner. It starts with the random woman, so yeah. you don't really pay attention to it because it's just like some random person that's just like hand I thought that I had a thought when that was happening, like maybe that's Bob trying to get into a new host. I think that's a great, great theory, and, and I think you're probably you like very right. Right, yeah. And like we be. know he goes for fear and love and the gifted and the damned. Mm -hmm. So if you think about yeah. like Cooper, definitely fits that. And who else is the other one? Pete doesn't Pete. really. Pete. Pete's oh, Pete gets it He's too. Very right? loving, yeah. though. Pete's He's very loving, love. yeah. Well, they say uh, the gifted and the damned, so who they're maybe going through there are the gifted people and the damned right, right. people. I feel like uh, seems like neither on that front definitely so far. I but feel well, like... I think he's gifted because yeah. he has the chess skills. He's got the chess skills. He's he could see now... Josie in the wood and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, now he's just chatting with. Oh, that's wood. true. I, I don't know. He's yeah. understated with smart. Drawn. He's not like over the top smart, but he's got like instincts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, yeah. And that actor does a very good job of. He's so great, that. obviously. He does. Because so, you so great. love him I wish he was because alive. he's charming like that, but then he's also dumb, and you go, "Oh, Pete." I know. I really like, love him. Maybe he's, he's simple, kind of but, smarter than he seems. Yeah. I do think that, and I think that's why Catherine was attracted to him at first. Because like Catherine's very smart, and she wouldn't have been attracted that's to a true. dummy. Right. You know, she saw hidden depths in him, and then he kind of, you know, like it, as the years went by, it was like less hidden, but I think there's something to be said for Pete's got hidden depths. So I think this set in 221, they do set a tone of like, something's going on, something's not right, there's something in these woods. They set that eerie sort of feeling. And you one thing. You find out about when. To find the Black Lodge and where to find the Black Lodge. Right, it's not only a location, um, it's a time with Jupiter and Saturn aligning. Right. Which, yes. yeah. Because uh, when you're moving not through with space. Mars and yeah. Jupiter, as in the age of Aquarius. Right. <laughs> right. The moon is you not in the seventh astrology. house. But, yeah. And I think one thing that David Lynch does, we just watched that like music of David Lynch thing. And they talk about he likes to do a lot of like found noise type of stuff. So like the beginning of a racer hat is like yeah. just kind of a construction zone. And he'll do things like having, you know, when um at the Palmer house having the record player just kind of going or having a fan just kind of going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He had a lot of that. In 221 that happened a lot. Like there was a lot of that just white noise in the background. Like right. when um Donna's in her attic looking at her birth certificate. That's in 220, I think. Yeah. But the, the fan is going behind her. And it's right. like really loud. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then there was some kind of weird noise going on where I literally thought like it was something outside. I was like, oh no. <laughs> like, what is that? Something's going wrong. And then I was like, oh, it's the show. It's the show. Right. <laughs> well, and like that was because like a couple times a train came by because of where we are and like. Yeah. Cooper even says coincidence and fate play largely in our lives. And I think that's what David Lynch wants us to be thinking is like, you know, pay attention. Things are happening. It's happening again. And you get that. And you start to get it again a little bit in 221. It's like a little bit of building back up. Yeah. And I think what you'll find, and I don't want to overbuild it in any way, but in 222, you feel like it's like a... We're back. Like, this feels more like Twin Peaks again. Like, this is what it should be like. Right. 
And so mm-hmm. for me, I'm really excited for the Showtime series because it's all David Lynch. So it's all going to feel that way. And like, right. it's all going to have Hopefully. that vibe. <laughs> I hope. I really hope there will be more deliberateness. I hope there will be more, you know, like actually thoughtfulness in the choices that we're making. Yeah. That's this, my hope. This will be interesting. I hope no more doubt payoff. about it. This Payoff. That's a big see. one. Yeah. that's Because yeah. that's my, as you know, my complaint with Lynch so far. His yeah. whole career. So like hopefully he's, you know. Well, he you're going to get have some. This, he's changed. He didn't have this era. Right. Though, to just yeah. have the freedom to do what you want. I, you know. The I, Mad Men era. You know, time. like the. Yeah, and I, I think was yeah. I had my Twin Peaks interest a couple weeks ago, but uh, I am now really looking forward to the new. I season. think it's gonna be, and I I It'll really like yeah yeah I'm excited, and I'm I mean I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that I think yeah. it will have that feeling. I think it's the right time for it, absolutely. And I think part of what was going on here is when he's checked out, he checks out. I mean, like yeah. everyone mm-hmm. will say he was not involved in these episodes. And people were imitating his style. And some directors, like, we've been taking note of what directors were directing what episodes. But, like, even the directors who did season one are not in this season. Like, Leslie Linka-Glotter and Caleb Deschanel don't do season two. And they're probably the closest to being... Lynchy. Right. Or just twin, the Right, the Twin Peaks twin directors. Peaks. Yeah. And Tim Hunter is one, this episode, who is a season one, I believe. He does some yeah. in season one. He so, like, one, yeah. he has a closer tie to, like, the Twin Peaks feel. But some of those other directors are just, like, in for one episode. And you can tell because there's weird shots of owls. Just, like, they want right. to fade in, fade out. They didn't fade out. Yeah, like right. that shot of the syrup dripping from the plate after yeah. she, Annie dropped it in mm-hmm. 220 was really overwrought, I felt. Yeah, I right. agree. Whereas... Actually, that comes back <laughs> in a David Lynch one. But, but like, yeah, oh, that was a subtle spoiler. I didn't even know that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I agree. Like, you can't have, it would be impossible. It would be I like. I eye rolled listeners. I couldn't, I didn't say anything, but I eye I know. It would be, it would be like coming into. A long-running Broadway show and being like, you know what? Tonight I'm in charge, and like right. just taking it in a totally different direction just doesn't work. And so that's what's kind of happening. Is like the actors are strong still, the characters are still very strong, except for Heather Graham. <laughs> <laughs> but like Harry has faded into the background, right? Though, that's true. Kind of sad. Yeah, uh, and he's supposed to be like plot line has kind of like it was too tied to Josie. I guess. But it, it, it wasn't though. It, it wasn't really that tied to Josie until she like. Was it all the scream acting that? Until she died, really. I mean, which that was their fault. Yeah, they should have known that like he was better at the subtle stuff than the scream acting, but. Yeah. Because well, he's it was also very funny though. Yeah. <laughs> he gets second billing. It's like Kyle McLaughlin and Michael Antkeen. Like he's the second. So you know, it's it's. Cooper uh, and Harry. He had his hangover episode. Like, 
But he is also built with the star at the same time. So right. That's interesting. And then, <laughs> I never noticed that. One of the only other things we really haven't talked about is Catherine's box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just because, like, again, yeah. it's a B-plot. Poor. It's so a B-plot where it's like, so, Catherine has the box. She can't open the box. So, yeah, we see Pete and who is that? Andrew, again? Catherine's oh, brother. <laughs> Andrew yeah. with the box, the smaller metal inside box now. Yeah. Right. In a vice. And they and cannot Andrew, like, smash I th- shoots it. Yeah, a vice. If you a metal box, a vice is the last thing I would think to try to squish it. Do any? I mean, yeah, it's not gonna, <laughs> they were trying to squish. They were, it. Yeah, they were trying to like crush it, but it's got these rigid metal sides. Come on, engineering. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they they're used were to wood. not. They're used to wood. They weren't engineers. He's not a yeah. Gizzard, they're used uh, to wood. <laughs> they're used to wood. <laughs> yeah. They're wood people. <laughs> and Andrew finally gets sick of it and shoots it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he takes like three wildly differently aimed shots, but apparently one hits it dead center. And, and there's, uh, a, there's, there's a key, key inside. In right. Forever key, there's a lock. Where there's a key, I think she says. Yep. Yeah. And we'll find out what that lock is too, wait, whether you wait, care wait, or not. Wait, 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 wait. I have oh, one oh, more oh, thing. Oh, oh. Major Briggs. We don't really talk about Major Briggs. Okay. Yeah, a lot happens. <laughs> a lot happens with Major Briggs. Major Briggs gets put onto like one of those. Spinning, oh yeah, like, he's kidnapped. Well, oh, we yeah. talked about him being spinning kidnapped. Dark, but we didn't dark talk bullseye. Bullseye. He's not, he's not actually spinny, but he's rigged up like he could be. Right, like yeah. a weird like you know when they Ma- do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Earl shoots arrows at him. Yeah. He asks him, "What are you afraid of?" And he's like, "That love is not enough." And yeah. I'm like, oh, Major Briggs. Yeah, we all kind of laugh at that. Including Windermere. Including Windermere, who's like, oh, Garmin, <laughs> I shall weep. Like, Major Briggs does a great job of being Major Briggs, but yes. he's also very like, oh, you can just brush this under the rug, as you can tell, because we didn't bring it up to the very last second. And it was like a major plot point where it was like, Major Briggs, new Windermere. He's being tortured to find out where the Black Lodge is. Right. And then, like, Leo releases him to save the queen in hopes that Shelly doesn't get murdered, but he doesn't have to worry because Shelly wasn't even convicted. Right, Shelly was murdered. never considered because she's sure. a major character, and why would we care about a major character and when we could talk about someone who's been in Twin Peaks for 15 minutes? Right. Like, <laughs> she's cute and blonde and right. looks like an anime character. No, it's true, yeah. Major Briggs is a major character, and... He was supposed to be a bigger part in season three had they had a season three, so they are setting that up. It makes sense because at least you get it gets a little alieny, alieny right. for me. They're gearing up for X Files. Yeah, <laughs> they're like they're prepping us. He's for like what to believe. He's like Scully. He's just being transitioning into being Papa Scully. Coming back to yeah, that's the only Colonel thing. Scully. Yeah, it's true. Out. So Major Briggs, but he does escape, and then he says, "Protect the Queen," which is Annie. Yeah. Much if you hadn't gotten that Much yet, folks. To we'll leave the screen of wah, Kelly. Wah, note. <laughs> Annie's the Queen. <laughs> wah, wah. Sound effect. 